It has been a very, very busy July, to say the least. Between the International Federation of Agricultural Journalists World Congress happening in Olds, Alberta, Alltech One's World Tour coming to Calgary, the Calgary Stampede and Agriculture in Motion in Saskatoon, and of course the ongoing drought conditions farmers have been dealing with, there has been no shortage of things to talk about, conversations to be had, and stories to be told. This is Rural Roots Canada, and I'm Craig Lester, amplifying Canadian agriculture. We are trying something new here, a podcast designed to cover all the conversations we are having and stories we are telling across our platforms. So welcome. This first episode is a bit of a catch-up. We are going to back to the great Alltech One conference that took place in Calgary in early July. There are two conversations in particular we wanted to share with you. One is a conversation our friend Chuck Zimmerman from AgWired had with Alltech President and CEO Dr. Mark Lyons, where they discussed about the Alltech One tour and issues facing farmers. The second is our sit-down with Dr. Patrick Ward, Europe and Asia-Pacific Applications Manager for Alltech about how producers do not have to compromise performance and profitability for sustainability, why farmers should not be giving away their hard-earned carbon credits, and why Alltech's acquisition of Anglin was a huge win. But first up, here is Chuck Zimmerman with Dr. Lyons. Mark, share some of your thoughts on the world tour of the Alltech One, and we're here in Calgary. Yeah, no, it's great to be here, and I think, you know, we started off with this, this concept saying, what if we took this thing around the world, um, and I would say three stops down, or almost three stops down, this has been a great idea. You know, the, the feedback we're getting, people coming up, really saying, it means a lot that you're here, uh, it means a lot getting together, connecting. Um, you know, the trip down to Kentucky, it, people love it, uh, I think we're missing it, uh, but having said that, I think doing it this way is making the event so much more accessible. There's an opportunity really to understand and, and probably hone in on real issues in each market and realize when we come together as one uh, in the global event, there's opportunities that are created that way. But when you do a local event, there's other opportunities. And I think the, the messages are more specific and we're probably getting to real actions um, in a more, a more effective way in that regard. Plus more time to just spend together with a smaller group. Well, and... Uh Maybe by the time you're done, the numbers will show a lot more we're able to have this kind of interaction and uh, wouldn't maybe ever be able to travel to the U.S. Exactly. And I think, you know, already we've, we've got a couple of other dates announced. We're doing an event in D.C., which I think will be very interesting. Um, we're doing one also in the UAE right before the COP. We may be looking at one in South Africa. We're looking at um, Asia and, uh, and Latin America, of course, to come in as well. So I think it, it you know... We could see this as a potential hybrid type of thing for the future because I think you're right. There's a lot of folks that suddenly are, are part of that conversation and it doesn't have to come with a, a plane ticket to Lexington. Well, being here in Canada, do you try to make sure that in the programming that you're doing, it has a real relevance to this country, even though you know we're, we're kind of all in it together? Yeah, some of the issues are the same. And I think what we found is the destination may be the same, but the journey to get there might be different. And so you could hear it today in the panel, you know, having having different voices, having an EU voice, having a, a, some Canadian voices. And you start to see, hey, where are there similarities, differences? Where are there things that we can learn from each other? Um, I think that's really an important aspect because it allows us to really have those meaningful, more direct conversations that hopefully then can can, can influence the direction of the industry going forward. Well, thank you very much, Mark, for visiting with me here. I enjoyed it, and uh, I'm Chuck Zimmerman reporting. That conversation, courtesy our friend Chuck Zimmerman at AgWired, 
This podcast is just one of many great stories you can find in the podcast farm at RuralRootsCanada.com. As mentioned off the top, we also had a chance to talk with Dr. Patrick Ward, Europe and Asia Pacific Applications Manager for Alltech. Well, to start off with, I talked about the, the acquisition this past year at Anglin and uh, what that's meant for, for Alltech. Well, it's been a massive acquisition for Alltech. It puts us in a space where we can help, truly help with the farmers, with the feedlots, with everybody on their sustainability goals because the product itself helps in terms of performance, but also has that beneficial methane reduction that we look at in terms of our sustainability goals. So when you look at the two as an, as an acquisition for Alltech, it's fantastic. It, it really ticks all the boxes because it is something that we want to be able to bring to the farmers. And at the end of the day, it's the farmers that are always in the, the limelight or in the, the news the newsreels when we're trying to talk about reducing greenhouse gas emissions, be it that methane or CO2. There is so much talk about technology today, and you touched on this a little bit, just in regards to the importance of using technology to benchmark that data, that data end of it, to understand where we are, where we need to go, sort of thing. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, of course. So we're very lucky and fortunate in Alltech that we have a company that we acquired many years ago that's called ECO2. What ECO2 does is it allows us to measure the carbon footprint of that company. So we work with a lot of large multinational companies we work with a lot of large multinational companies. What we will do with those guys is monitor their logistics, their footprint, their emissions, and help them reduce their emissions on farm or in their company. So the, the key for us is to be able to measure that change because if we look at data in the grand scheme of things, without having accurate data, you can't improve the problem. So that's our goal. So we help farmers alike as well as the large um, food companies out there to reduce that footprint but again it comes down to the, the, the adage that you have to be able to measure it before you can improve it. So often I have seen in, in my Nutfield studies and a bunch of other studies that I've read as in regards to that barrier between agriculture and, and food and when you're talking about things you're actually equating them in the exact same system in the exact same how important that is that data is shared across that system and there is no barrier between the two. So realistically you can't have silos in agriculture because at the end of the day the people who are growing the food, creating the food, the farmers, they're just moving that along the supply chain to the consumer and in between you have your processors who add value or to make those products for us. So realistically that data has to be shared along that supply chain because the consumer feeds back there, what they want in the in the industry, and the gen, Generation Z and the Millennials that you hear, they're driving the change. Now the young generation is coming up and putting pressure on the processors, and the processors are then putting pressure on the farmers. So unless that data is shared all the way through the supply chain, we will lose a huge amount of information. And you saw from today, Tara McCarthy, our VP for ESG, gave a really good indication on, via her survey as she carried out on the, the insights and environmental insights of 2023. And all of that data informs our decisions as we go forward. So by making sure that we have the, the data across the whole supply chain, it means we make better decisions. And when we make better decisions, it only works out better for our farmers because it removes that uncertainty in an industry that is reliant on weather, on fertilizer prices, on energy prices and, and, and all the uncertainty in the whole in the whole sphere. So data is key and making sure it's shared and not held in silos is, is very important. You mentioned, uh, I think the biggest phrase I took away from your presentation this morning was that uh, environmental sustainability should not be compromised, isn't compromised, doesn't have to be compromised when you, if you want to increase productivity and profitability. Yeah, so I, I, when I said that, I said it doesn't have to 
you don't have to compromise your performance and profitability for sustainability. It does not mean that we don't want sustainability. Of course we do. But we have to make sure we're taking into account that we get performance improvements and look after our profitability because we could do everything sustainable but it would cost us a lot and we would have no food, no nothing generated. We want to make sure that we're taking in the performance benefit and we're making sure that the farmers are able to capitalize on that performance. So with the likes of Aglin, as I discussed in my presentation today, we looked at the benefit of getting that extra milk yield, that improvement in the fat and protein corrected milk and obviously that feed conversion ratio. So we have those increasing, but also at the same time we saw a decrease in our methane emissions in terms of absolute values and also in terms of our intensity. What we allowed us to do there is quantify the improvements that you're getting from the performance, but then what you're looking at in terms of the reduction of your greenhouse gas emissions. And that is what we talk about, improving that performance and profitability. By, but also reach your sustainability goals. And we have both of those together. I think it's a win-win, and that is the true message that we're trying to bring with the all-tech technology that we have, is bringing that win-win to the farmers and to the agriculture industry as a well. whole. And quickly, just on regards of biodigesters, it seems like it's one of the new buzz technologies that have really started to pick up and we're starting to see them on farms. So I think how, how encouraging uh, is this, and what's, in terms of the, the limit, what, what, what do you see in that regard? Yeah, so I mean, look, Anaerobic digestion or biogas is, is not a new technology. It's been around in Germany for 30 years or more. So it's a technology that we know we can capitalize on. And I think the big message from where we see this industry going is we can use waste streams to generate renewable energy. And it's that renewable energy then that can be used towards the farm. So it's a local supply. You're not relying on foreign fossil fuels like we are in Europe or worrying about if the sun is shining on your solar panels or if the wind is blowing on your wind turbines. You have a 24-7 production capability from a waste stream. So where we see this going in terms of all tech is we, we see it moving to a space where a lot of the large feedlots and a lot of the large farms will have their own anaerobic digester. But all the key for this is they will be able to sequester the carbon because they're stopping the release of those gas that would have been present in the slurry just in their own tanks and what they're using is that digestate so the digestate when that's plowed up into the soil there are studies to show that you can capture up to 81 percent of that carbon in the soil or, or lock it in the soil from the digestate that comes out of the digester and that's when you start to see the improvement in obviously the soil condition and as we know it's soil is, is, is where we start and end with everything that's where you get your crops from you want to improve your yield soil health is everything so Biogas can be a solution for not just energy, not just a renewable source of natural gas on farm. It can also be a divestment and something that you can um, improve your like, availability of extra revenue streams on farm, but also then your valuable locally sourced digesting. And remember, digesters really should be seen as a service to, to degas the slurry or the manure that is going into them because what's left afterwards is a very valuable digestate product that you can utilize on your farm as a local supply of fertilizer, which again improves your opportunity to drop down your reliance on synthetic fertilizer. Patrick, anything you like that? Yeah, no, look, it's been a fantastic few days here at the Alltech One in Calgary, and um, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the talks now that we have this afternoon. It's been a fantastic experience for myself. I 
really big fan of coming to Canada. Everyone's so friendly. But um, I would I would encourage everybody to spread the positive news of agriculture because realistically, we are one of the few industries out there that is able to sequester carbon and actually make a positive effect for the industry and not just the industry, the planet that, that we're involved in today. So yeah, no, looking forward to the, the next few talks. And quickly, because you were so passionate about this in that last talk sort of thing, what message do you have to, for farmers that have these carbon credits and where should they keep them? Yeah, so look, realistically, when we talk about carbon credits, the first person that's always in the firing line is the farmer. When we hear all these conversations that we have about agriculture is responsible for so many greenhouse gas emissions, what we need to make sure is that if we do have biodigesters on farm, that the carbon credits remain in the farming industry. They do not need to go to the energy industry because, again, they're in the firing line. We have to improve our own system. And by improving our own system, we need to keep those credits in the agriculture industry and make sure that they're accounted towards agriculture and not just to the energy industry. Thank you to Dr. Patrick Ward, Dr. Mark Lyons, Jen Norrie and the team at Alltech, as well as Chuck Zimmerman from AgWard for the conversations that went into this podcast. If you enjoyed this feature, be sure to check out the podcast farm at ruralrootscanada.com. For Rural Roots Canada, I'm Craig Lester, amplifying Canadian agriculture.